0: Uh, What's his question? What's the question, Theo? Ask him.
1: I was I was picking uh, John's brain about U.S. history and and trying to relate it to this draft class. It was a totally out there question.
2: Well, I would say this: the draft class is a Budweiser. That's
3: awesome. Bud heavy or Bud next?
2: Uh, Bud
4: next.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bud next. Pass next class, please. <laughs> Yeah, John and I were just talking how like the the IPAs now bringing back the microbreweries and the the cans have become kind of like the art that uh, music left behind. You know, with when you used to go into the music stores and you used to pick an album just based on the art, you had no idea what the music sounded like. You're like, oh, this looks cool.
2: Yeah, it's that's beer cans now. At least of the microbrews.
0: All
3: right, I was told we'd be talking about Jay Sean Corbin on the pod. That's what I dropped. <laughs>
0: so is dan dan is joining us right or dan will just be a
1: little late Fast, no
0: problem no problem all right you guys good to you guys want to get it going
1: ready to go brothers i'm fired up
0: let's boogie it up What is up Fantasyland? We are back in the district. No, we're not doing a post Super Bowl review. I just, I just can't deal with those anymore. Guys, we're bringing it hard post Super Bowl. We're going obviously into draft season. We're approaching, you know, we're starting to talk heavy rookies, rookie draft ahead, NFL draft ahead. So what do we do guys? What do we do in the district? We bring in the ballers, the big boys, the <laughs> Debbie boys. We bring in the Grid Iron Scholar back into the district. John Lobb, welcome back, my friend.
2: Oh, thank you. I look forward to this. I believe it's the fourth year I'm with you guys on this show. You know, my memory is you get older in your 50s, you kind of lose track. But I do believe it's the fourth year. I know it's the second year with the cool new new logo. Because when I saw your logo last year, I remember I bought a um, T-shirt because I love the new GOAT logo. But I'm really fired up because you got me. I basically just finished my entire process. Obviously, things at the Combine could, you know, move a few players here and there. But I really feel like I've now gone into detail about 50, maybe 55 players. I got maybe I'll go to probably 80 75 to 80 when I'm all said and done but I mean I feel like now I know this draft class you know I try to be patient I don't move my process faster I'm not trying to be the first I'm not trying to be the one who nailed this player first what I'm trying to do is go through a methodical analysis so that I can give more better information so now I feel like you guys invited me on what two weeks ago three weeks ago I'm here, and I literally just feel like I know this class now.
0: Perfect timing. Perfect timing. It's brewed at the perfect temperature right now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting all the goodness from John. John works with Matt Hicks, who we, on, we had on a, a couple shows ago. Make sure you guys go check that out. Guys, we've been dropping serious, serious shows, guys. We had who last week? We had Matt Kelly rolling into the Super Bowl. We had Davis Matic. Uh, a couple of days before him and squeezed in between the godfather of dynasty Mr. Ryan McDowell. So guys go check those shows back. These shows will be valid for a while because we're talking, looking we're we're looking forward with these guys. We're helping you guys plan moving into these these events this offseason, the rookie drafts, the NFL drafts. We want to we want to prepare you guys ahead of your league mates. Hey, I, I tweeted out today you guys have been awesome to us and we appreciate that a hundred thousand downloads. we just got uh, notified from Podbean. so we appreciate you guys the support. that's not even including all the love that you guys are giving on here on on YouTube. So if you're on on podcast format, you're listening right now, you haven't signed up to the YouTube channel, go check out goat District. We're on every show is on visually. we're throwing on draft boards on the on the screen and we'll be doing a lot of live draft drafts uh, this off season. Guys, let's get into the goodness. Like John said, he's ready for us tonight. He's got these rookies ready to go. Let, before we get to the goodness, John, just remind the people one more time where they can find your goodness, all the goodness you're doing with Matt and anything else that you want to share that can help our fans this this, this time of year.
2: Thanks, gentlemen. Um, for my the third year, I'm doing the NFL Draft Seminar Series with his, as you mentioned, my teammate Matt Hicks. And it's on the Rookie Big Board channel at YouTube. Or you can go to Sports Il- the NFL Draft Bible, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. You can see our shows all the time there. We do four every week for about 11 weeks. So we already have 12 players under the microscope. Each show is about 10 minutes long. Go check them out. And my written profiles appear on footballdiars.com. And my friends, I can't believe this. I'm getting real old. This is my ninth year publishing the written profiles on footballdiards.com. I started. Oh, I couldn't believe this. My first quarterback class was the immortal Blake Mortals. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. Just for about six weeks ago, I reread that first draft class, their breakdown. And guess who's the most successful out of that class? Can you guys? This is a good question. Steve, you know this. Who was the most successful in the at quarterback in the Drake Bortles class? Cousins? No. Right vowel. Carr. Right constant. Ah.
4: Uh, Derek Carr.
2: Yeah. It was Johnny Menzel, Teddy Bridgewall, Drake Bortles, and Derek. Carr. I get you know. So Garoppolo's in there. I consider Carr to have a better career than Garoppolo. Someone might make the argument, I guess. I do think Carr is better than Garoppolo. He hasn't been. Obviously, the Raiders aren't as good of a franchise as the 49ers. But think about that. That class was that long ago. You know, and that's – it was just interesting in my book.
0: John, you're making me feel young here. No, I'm kidding. Ah. (laughs) Derek Carr Make sure you check – Sorry, Theo. Go ahead.
1: I said Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo all day. Yeah, I think he's better, too. The Jimmy
0: G hate. The Jimmy G hate just – it never ends. It never ends. The man has been to a Super Bowl. He's been out with porn stars. <laughs> he's, he's done it all, man. He's got the best 5 o'clock shadow on the planet. I mean, come on.
2: Hey, he's got uh, a great life. I just think Carr's had a better career. So <laughs> I guys, think his out, life and his money –
0: Sorry, John. I, I want to make sure that people check out those videos you do with Matt because those are 10 minutes per player. Uh, y- you're not going to get to know these rookies any better than than joining Matt and John uh, on those videos. Like you said, they're 10 minutes. They're easy watches on YouTube. YouTube. Make sure you go watch those and make sure you follow John at Gridiron S-C-H-O-L-91. Guys, let's get into the goodness. I know we talked a bit. You, you, you started talking beers. You, you compared uh this 22 class to to the big boys you know that that wall on uh, in the beer store that not too many people visit anymore why don't you give us your general thoughts your macro view of this this rookie class as we jump into this
2: there are some players i like and there is value here but you have to be very astute and you really have to do your homework or find someone you trust who analyzes these players But part of me is worried. If you remember my first draft class at wide receiver was the classic Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Odell Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks. Just one of the greatest wide receiver classes in 2014 ever. And then the next year, oh my God, I was looking, Kevin White, Devonta Parker, Rashad Perryman, Philip Dorsett. Devin Smith, Doriel Green-Beckham. Now, on top of it, by far, if you look at this, the best player was Amari Cooper. He was number one, and he's actually had the best career out of his class. No one's even close, and the player who is the value in this class, which ironically, I had him at number nine, Tyler Lockett coming out of Kansas State that year. He was the hidden gem in that wide receiver class when you go down. The reason I say that, I'm a little scared after how good last year's – the last two years, really, we've had wide receivers. Well, I love four of them. I love them. Don't get me wrong. What if we have one of those years, right, where it, it almost seems like the fantasy football gods want to laugh at us and say, oh, you think that you got good wide receivers Well, let me give you some Kevin Whites. Let me throw some Rashad Perryman's at you and let me see what you got. So at the running back position, there's no Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Those are the three best prospects. And I, whenever I talk to someone, a prospect is different than the results. You can like a prospect goes to a bad organization Gets injured has nothing to do with your thoughts of the process of analyzing the prospect. Taylor Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, three best that I've looked at in the last nine years. No one's even that. I don't even think there's running back as good as Najee Harris in this group. The quarterback class, no. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa! I just let, let's just take a step back there. We, like, what, what might we see? from this running back class, who give us a name.
2: I think there's two studs. And I I have, I have Brees Hall over Isaiah Spiller. A lot of people like Spiller. I think looking at the body of work and the film work and my production model, I like Brees Hall also. But I will say this, if I had 10 picks in first or second, say both were on the board, I'd probably take Brees Hall six times, Isaiah Spiller four times. It is very close. It reminds me of Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. When those two came out, most people were on Gurley. I was Team Gordon. And it's funny because I look back and I was thinking to myself, Gurley had the flash for about two years where he was the best back. Yeah. If you really look at the career and if you're looking at top 12 finishes – Gordon's had the better career. I mean, Gordon last year, still, I think he was ba- – I had him on a dynasty team. I'm putting that relic out there. He was great as a number two back. I mean, we all want Javonta Williams, but you know what? Melvin Gordon scoring his 8-11 to 11
0: touchdowns. Plus, yes, I'm pretty sure he costs you less than Gurley, too, uh, okay. most of the time through that. that yes. That so,
2: I mean, I think Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. Now, the one thing that I like right now, both of them are healthy. My concern with Gurley, and I ended up, and I'm no doctor, and I I will say my weakest part is the long-term injury factor. Gurley came in with bad knees, and that was why I had him below Gordon. But people didn't like Gordon because they said too many touches. He had too many carries at Wisconsin. You know, his body's physically beat up. Look at the irony now. Gordon's still playing and still could carry the ball 200 times a year if you need him to.
1: Where do you start? Where do you start breaking your tiers up in round one? You mentioned the two top backs. You mentioned you you liked four wide receivers. Is that is there a big teardrop after those six for you?
2: There it's the top six. If I'm moving up, I've got to move up in the top six. But I'll tell you this I'm probably going to wait and try to move up in the draft because. If I move up to three and I need a running back, there's a good chance I might not get them. Now, I might get one of them to fall because someone could love Burks. So you're taking a huge risk. It's Spiller and Hall and then the big four. Now, these are my big four. So everyone might have them different. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Jameis Williams, and Drake London. Now, Williams and London could switch on medicals at the Combine. I am a little bit concerned about Williams' ACL, but we'll say this. ACL surgery is much better. I'm old. I remember ACL was a two-year, like you would you would barely come back after one year. You were never as good as you were right away. And then two years later, we've seen players come back now, what, six to eight months? So as long as we get positive reports on Jameis Williams, and even if we don't have access to the reports, the NFL will tell us, what the medicals say if Jameis Williams goes in the first half of the first round or I would even say in the first round the medical reports are good I mean if he drops to the second then I would be concerned about the medicals but right now I have Williams as my number three wide receiver but him London could switch I do like London a lot but I think Williams has a unique skill set of that deep threat home run hitter which is still, to me, the hardest thing to find on a regular basis. That's why these speed guys always get drafted. I don't like them, per se, like Henry Ruggs. I never draft Henry Ruggs, but they get drafted because teams covet that speed so desperately. Are you in the camp where, after that top tier,
1: if you're holding the 107, (laughs) are you moving moving that for a 2023 first?
0: He, He was asking for a friend, by the way.
1: So I think it's yeah, I think it's, a it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's kind of like the I mean Andrew and I talked about this. Andrew and I have a the fifth pick in a in a superflex. So that's a different question. Yeah, um yeah. but it seems to be the hive mind in in dynasty right now is trade your 2022 picks for 2023 first any chance you get. Um it's sort of like uh, anytime you can cha- you can move a, a back end of the 2022 first for a 2023 First people act like that's the greatest trade ever made. I've done it a few times, Um, but is that the way you're handling these, these 2022 picks? Is there a certain cutoff where you're moving them blindly for a 2023 one?
2: So I'll say this, all things equal, right? We don't know how, if you've had three straight losing seasons, we don't know how desperate. So all things equal. I would rather have a first round pick next year after the top six, you know, Because when I look at my Debbie rankings and I see the players, especially the running backs, now knock on wood, I'm an old man. A lot of backs can get knee hurts. A lot of things could happen in a year at the running back position. However, the wide receivers are deep again next year. And the running back position is much deeper. Now, I'll say this, though. In a super flex, Theo, I don't think there's a quarterback again. So, I, you know, people are automatically making assumptions that next year's quarterback class is better. Some of the top players we thought were going to be good, like Spencer Rattler, there's no way I'm taking them next year in the front of a super flex. Are you out of your mind? DJ at Clemson, he just had one of the worst seasons by a top recruit ever. Good. Ever. I mean, It is (laughs) is basically Bryce Young or or you're it. And I don't think Bryce Young is Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence yet. Now, Bryce Young could go out if he wins back-to-back Heismans. I might be on the show telling you I was wrong with Bryce Young. But right now, he's not Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson. He's not, you know, Andrew Luck as far as a prospect. Do I like Bryson? Of course I do. He's the Heisman winner from Alabama. Do I think he's a first-round pick? Absolutely. But that's it. Tell me another quarterback you like in Debbie. So if you're in super flex, now, we could get a Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, to come out of nowhere and rise. That happens at the quarterback position. But right now, that's a very weak quarterback class, my friends.
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the overhyped sleeper. <laughs>
5: What's up, Dan? Better late or something like that. Better
0: late than forever, something like that? Yes.
5: <laughs> How are you doing, Hello, Dan? my
2: friend Dan. How are you?
5: Good, good.
2: Or yeah, the reason so we've met I- you is overhyped sleeper. Is that <laughs> the...
5: Yes. That, that uh, Apparently, I overslept. <laughs> or something I don't know. Anyway, I'm here now, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so John, what I'm hearing is basically, uh, are you high on any of the quarterbacks in this
2: class? I'm. I gather you're not. From well, the you're talking about next class, I'll say this: I think the value now is coming forward in superflex at the quarterback position. When I can get a potential starting quarterback in the NFL. And I can get him at pick number 11. Let's say if you're pick number 11 in a dynasty league, you have a good team. And let's say you have Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. That's a reason you could very easily have those two quarterbacks. I would take a quarterback right now. That's where the value is. You're giving me a starter. Tell me right now. Let me ask you this question. Sam Howell goes to Tampa Bay. You're not interested in Sam Howell with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> yep. you know, I mean, so landing spot is going to be very fascinating. I mean, I think, you know, we're all, we look at the tea leaves. Who doesn't want someone in Pittsburgh who can throw the ball 10 yards down the field? When was the last time we actually saw – Ben Roethlisberger throw a real good ball 10 yards down the field to one of those wide receivers. I mean, there are some tempting landing spots for quarterbacks. So, again, is there a top tier like last year? No. But if you give me some nice landing spots for some of these young men, I think there can be production and I'm never against the Kirk Cousins. Like I guess I, I maybe I'm, I just like my secret. I love having Kirk Cousins on my Dynasty teams. I don't understand why no one likes
0: John, him. I three peated Matt Hicks's Premier League Tier One with Cousins as my quarterback in it's a Superflex and just crushed it,
2: dude. He-, he
0: was the best quarterback.
2: Yeah, I had Kirk Cousins. I had um. Let me. I think I had fourteen teams last year. I had Kirk Cousins in like eight of them and i won four championships. Kirk Cousins is fine. And the super flex, he's ridiculously good. (laughs) Like, I mean, so I have no, yes, we all want Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but they don't come around very often. But if I can get a quarterback who throws 30 touchdowns and for over 4,500 yards, sign me up. So, I think there's about it's ironic right now because the dynasty community doesn't like the quarterbacks. We've actually got sneaky value in the background or early second round because I'll take those quarterbacks. Look at if Malik Willis ever makes it to you at 110. And let me ask, here's a great question. Do you want Sam Howell in Tampa Bay or Malik Willis in Carolina? Who you that to that
0: depends if Godwin signs with well,
2: Carolina. Okay. let's assume I want, I want Malik. I want, I want Malik Willis. So you're all about the running qu- and I get it. Absolutely. That's where the
0: whole. Oh, look at that! That's a nice freeze. That's a pretty screenshot. Yeah, we we should have got a screenshot, John. You just had the best freeze. You were like. <laughs> midair. Midair.
5: Perfect.
1: So, and, and, so let me ask you John, this. I, let's go I'm, back to sorry, go let's go back
5: to cousins for a second. Yeah. Um, let's say you've got a mid round first. Um, and are are you gonna deal that mid round first for cousins
2: if you have a needed quarterback, or are you gonna grab one of these young guys? Oh no, if I have a needed quarterback, I would probably take cousins if I know he remains in Minnesota. Okay. He's gotta be throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson. I mean, and, that, and, and I like this new, he's got the Rams coordinator, right? Yep. And I think there's a sneaky chance Minnesota drafts one of these wide receivers because he's coming from Los Angeles and they unlock that offense when Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are on the field and then Odell Beckham really started to play well late in the season. I think he knows for that offense can you really rely on Adam Thielen at this age? He's a perfect second veteran, possibly third receiver. But if you bring in one of these explosive young guys in Kevin Coleman's offense, ooh, we got something cooking here, baby. So I, I got to go know where Cousins is.
1: You mentioned that the top four receivers, and I know that it's you know, Traylon Burks, London, Wilson, I, I'm, I'm really excited about those guys. Williams with the injury, um, but he's still, you know, a lock to go in the, you know, the, at least the first round for all. So. To put some context to this wide receiver class, there's no Jamar chase, but could you compare those four to maybe last year's rookie class where we had, you know, the Elijah Moores, the Devonta Smiths, the Jalen Waddles, that next tier of wide receiver would, would like a trail Burks be Number two, if you combine both classes,
2: or is, is, how are you looking at it? I'm I just would trying probably to get- have Traylon Burks in my top three. I don't know if he's number two. But let me give you somewhat of the eight years, because I've been thinking about these. And these, I'm not great at comps, so I like to put them in a bucket. <laughs> Traylon Burks is DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton wrapped up into one. That's what he is. I love him there. Then someone got a screenshot.
0: (laughs) Shout out to Wheeler. Got a nice crit. Well, we might have to use that as the cover, the thumbnail. Uh,
2: It it has to be. It has to be. Thank Thank you, Wheeler. Thank you,
0: Wheeler. Shout out to Wheeler. Yeah, shout shout out
2: to Wheeler. Wheeler. Garrett Wilson is Jerry, Judy, and Stefan Diggs. He's the best route runner in this class. Dude, I know one of the questions. I don't want to go too much. I'll talk about Wilson later and my love affair. I've fallen in love with him, Jamison Williams. The easy—he's—he's he's better than Henry Ruggs by far. I was very low on Ruggs. I had Ruggs at number five or six coming out. I had T Higgins over Ruggs. I—I I thought Ruggs was a one-trick pony. Williams is much, much better than Henry Ruggs. He's more explosive than Jerry Judy at the second level of the defense, attacking them vertically. Now, Drake London is kind of the strange, I would probably put him at like number seven last year. Because there is questions about separation. But when I look at Drake London, I'm asking how does he win? And I think he's got a little bit of Juju Smith-Schuster in him. But what you have to do is you need a quarterback, my friend, who pulls the trigger. You, Derek Carr will not look, throw it to Drake London because Derek Carr has got to see his wide receiver open. Oh, remember Plaxico Burris? Mm-hmm. He's, kind of, he's Plaxico and Juju. Okay. And what you need, the one thing that no one gives e- Eli Manning enough credit for, there's He's anticipatory thrower, and Eli let his receivers make plays. You can criticize Eli for a lot, but one thing that he did, he let his receivers make plays. The one thing I can't stand when you and we were talking, we were talking about Derek Carr. We talked about him earlier, but when you see Derek Carr in the pocket, he's just holding, holding, holding. You're like, dude, let the goddamn ball rip, man! Just get it out of your hands. You got thoroughbreds out there. Let them make a play. The problem with Carr, I think, he has to see the man open. Well, if that's what you have with Drake London, that's a problem, because Drake London is not going to get a lot of open. Drake London is a guy who has half a half a um, yard of separation. You know what you do, Theo? You let it rip. You tell Jake London you're six five 6'5", 210. Catch the goddamn ball because that's what you get paid to do, and he'll do it, but you gotta have the quarterback who who throws it. You know what I mean? Like Josh Allen would be incredible with Jake London because Josh Allen would just put the ball in a spot with those long arms and that those huge hands, and he would just let Drake London make a play. And so I, I'm very interested where he lands. And and Drake London, you have to be a little bit anticipatory you got to say to yourself, he's going to be where he has to be, and I have to trust him to get there. That's one of the great aspects of Eli Manning. Now, paradoxically, when the receiver read the defense wrong, Eli looked like he was throwing a lot of bad interceptions because he trusted his guy to get there, and the defender – you know, did something and the receiver does the opposite of what Eli thought and he throws a bad interception. But Eli trusted his receivers, he just got in trouble for it a lot. But when he had Odell, what did Eli do Fed the beast, man?
3: Two 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 points and then a, a question for you, John. One, Theo, I, I realize now. Your text messages were, had ulterior motives. Say, so I think you were gaslighting me a little bit, for- <laughs> uh, Garrett Wilson. So I, I'm gonna just just to be difficult, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a great London question here. I don't I don't take well to gaslighting, especially when I realize it ten hours after that. <laughs> <laughs> there will
2: okay. be no. All right
3: I said I had two prepared jokes. I'll, I'll let you guys figure out whether this, the first one's already gone and wasn't funny or I got a second one in the whole. It side. was funny. It was funny.. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, okay, se- second point, what I love about the ringer to give them credit, and this is like an old school Bill Simmons thing is he'd always like NBA players, he'd compare purposely like white guys to black guys, black guys to white guys you have like crazy like comparisons. So the, you know, I, I was looking at their draft guide, um, you know, the other day, and I think they did a good job of doing um, Drake London is Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I, I love that. So, okay. So anyways, I, I love these like cross, cross sport comparisons. So to stay on the Drake London, here's my question. I was texting Theo when he was trying to gaslight me, as I mentioned. <laughs> or,
2: or is, is he
3: going to be more Nikhil Harry, or is he going to be Mike Evans? Again, me, me, me thinking I love the Dennis Robin camp, uh, comparison more, but in a scale of Nikhil Harry of this guy you can't separate, to Mike Evans, who is also seen as like a burner, one-trick pony, big guy, like maybe lacks like a little bit of a separation. Like where, where do you see him
2: landing? That is one of the best questions, because both are in his realm of outcomes. And I think people are avoiding the Nikhil Harry outcome, but it's in there, right? It's a possibility. I would say he's much more likely to end up on the Mike Evans outcome than he does the Nikhil Harry outcome. But there are some things we don't know, and I don't know how much he's studying the playbook I don't know everything about his work habits. They seem to be okay. I don't hear any red flags. But the one, why I think he might be better than, my, or, and more on the Mike Evans, he's versatile. First two years at USC, he played in the slot because they had a man named Michael Pittman and Amon Ross St. Brown. And those two guys played on the outside. So I was very high in Debbie community on Drake London. Now, the argument was he doesn't get a lot of separation, which is true, but he only plays in the slot. How's he going to do? And I said everything on the Drake London scale is going to depend on his ability to move outside. Well, guess what? He had a goddamn grand slam. They moved him to the outside and he was better than I could ever, ever have imagined. So that versatility tells me, that he's not Nikhil Harry, because I didn't see that Nikhil Harry played straight X with Arizona State, and Arizona State has a simple offense. Their X receiver basically runs three routes. Now I thought Nikhil Harry could win with physicality and maybe with some coaching. It just hasn't worked. I mean, or, or with or
1: with Tom
0: Brady, I don't know.
2: Or, yeah, with Tom Brady too, you thought, but that just tells all. I need to know about Nikhil Harry. Tom Brady, who really does have confidence in his players, never threw the ball to him. Like, that just – that's all you have to know. There's some – I mean, Tom Brady wants you to play well, right? He gives you an opportunity to succeed, and Nikhil Harry couldn't do anything. I would say that Drake London is more likely to be Mike Evans, and I heard a lot of people for a long time say, I don't like Drake or Mike Evans because he doesn't get separation – No, all the guy does is eight straight years of 1,000 yards. Hey, he's had the best career now out of that draft class. Mike Evans is the best receiver from Odell, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks. Evans is the Hall of Famer out of that group. And I don't think five years ago anyone would have said that. Even three years ago, I don't think anyone would have said that. Yeah,
1: longevity matters in doing it many years in a row.
2: It does. Just like Melgo. Yes. Yep, longevity. I mean, I love Mike Evans in one of my dynasty teams. I mean, you just roll him out. Guy plays every week. Mm-hmm. He's a deuces, right? Mm-hmm. Here, here's a string
5: of digits for you. Yes. Thir- 13, 22, 3, 17, 9, 16, 11, 9. Those aren't targets, are they? No.
4: Those Mike are Evan, Mike, or e- Mike Evans
5: fantasy pit finishes as wide oh. receiver. In PPR from 2014. There you go. So, and 1,000 yards. Thousand what? 1,000 yards, every eight, eight touchdowns. Year. Yeah. Year. I mean, he's he's never been lower than 22, and he was hurt that year.
0: And people uh, don't harass you to trade for him. It's perfect. Yeah.
2: It is. It is. No one ever offers you <laughs> for Mike Evans, dude. He's, like, he's the ultimate, like, <laughs> just sit on the dynasty team, roll him out. It's great. So, Drake Lund, I would say, more likely to be Mike Evans. Than Nikhil Harry, but I—that's a great question because we all ignore the floor, right? The floor yes. is Nikhil Harry with Drake London. Do you give him a
1: benefit of the doubt for being twenty years old to go towards like the high side comp, or does that not not kind of play into your to your assessment of these guys? No, no.
2: Look, at with Drake London early breakout. He's reductive as a freshman, multi-sport athlete. He also played baseball. And he got better every year on campus, and he's leaving campus so early. Yes, that does factor in.
3: All right, Theo, <laughs> now you can answer follow up question on the the Garrett Wilson deep dive. Now,
2: there you go. <laughs> oh, you just want Garrett Wilson? Okay, <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was
3: the whole that was the whole gaslight thing. We were, uh, oh, we were talking okay. back and forth about Garrett Wilson versus uh, Drake London
1: earlier. So. Yeah, we were, we were we were talking a little wide receivers. We're we're excited about this wide receiver class, so. You oh, about nice. it, John. I'm,
0: nice. I'm I'm gonna go back running back, but you don't necessarily have to answer this question with a running back. Uh, <laughs> okay. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell is is a man that your that your partner admitted that I was on and he wasn't. I'm just saying, uh, no, nah, I'm kidding. Um, but he he's a he's a guy that stepped up and landing in the right position in the right offense made him like impactful, hard in in 2021 as a rookie. What was he? Sixth round. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, pick, right.
2: Sermon was third round, right, and then yep. Elijah Mitchell was sixth round.
0: So let's look at these two guys. We did this with Matt, and I think it's an interesting question. Who's your Elijah Moore or Elijah Mitchell? Sorry, from this, uh, from <laughs> I see Theo's face, and I think Elijah Moore. It's just, it's just a natural. Uh, <laughs> I'll, who's I'll your? Take that. I'll take that. Who's your is that Elijah Mitchell and who's your Trey Trey Sermon out of this this year's class?
2: All right, so I I got to give you two for Elijah Moore Mitchell. But it's also so dependent on landing spot. Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati and now Damian Pierce out of Florida. Now, I love the film work and the production last year for Jerome Ford. Now, if you're an early breakout guy like Theo asked, you're not going to love Jerome Ford. But you got to put it into context. He played at Alabama, dudes. And he played be- behind a few players named Damian Harris And Najee Harris, and now Brian Robinson. The guy just could not get on the field. I mean, when you if you love like the high school recruiting, like I do, when you see what Alabama like what they recruit, I mean Jerome Ford like was fourth on the depth chart. Like you're just like, how is that possible, right? So I, I, you you gotta give him a mulligan, you know? Like there's just no way. The young man is going to get the opportunity. You're not going to get a 1,000 yards as like Travion Henderson of Ohio State last year, who just happened to arrive at the perfect time to become a breakout with the Buckeyes. Another story for another day. But I like Jerome Ford. 5'10", 209. Look, it, very good size. 209, 5'10", at the NFL is very nice. But here's what I love. 6.1 yards per carry. He's a home run hitter. But I'll say something that's interesting. If you watch enough film of Jerome Ford, he needs to go to a patient coach. And this is what I mean. He'll have a lot of two-yard runs. And he might have like five carries for 15 yards. But you need the coach to give him the six carry because he might go for 25. Like he kind of just busts it with the speed. But you need the coach who's patient. Does that make sense? Like – you yep. got to be willing to eat the slow start for the big runs. And a lot of coaches aren't patient anymore. So, you know, that's a little bit of landing spot. Where is he going to land? Now, Pierce is the conundrum. But I have to listen to the NFL, and I watch him at the Senior Bowl. How he, got, he didn't get on the field of Florida is like a whole – like I've, I've been talking to some guys who I know at the University of Florida, fans of the University of Florida, like what what went wrong? All anyone can tell me is it's the coach, Dan Mullins, who now left Florida. <clears throat> you look at 5'9", 220, holy loaded. And he is all muscle. Now you plug him into a model, 12% market share. Whew, that's not very good. 1,800 career yards. But there are some flashes of interest, 45 career receptions. He sheared the backfield in Florida, which is mind-blowing. But I have to listen to the NFL and look at the Senior Bowl. Everything is positive about Damian Pierce. He's probably going to be third-round draft capital. And in today's NFL, third-round draft capital is super interesting. So those are the two that I'm looking at very – I have Ford right now, pre-combine, number eight on my list. And I have Damian Pierce number 10 on my list. Athletic ability is going to matter with both of them. And I don't care necessarily about the 40-yard. I'm more into the 20-yard um, shuttle and the three-cone drill. What is the short area burst and agility? That's what I'm worried about both. That's what I care about the running backs now. So, But those two are super, super interesting. And, J.D., what was the second half of your question now? Who,
0: who's the, who's the Trey Sermon, the guy the guy who's getting hype coming into the draft? and, a, and you
1: know.
2: a potential riser to avoid. If a guy has, like, a great landing spot. And, but Yeah, that's a great that question. Half. I think one guy that I know the NFL is going to like more than I do, and I see it on Twitter, I'm very worried about James Cook of Georgia. I have him at number 13. I hear people say he's the best pass catcher in the class. I don't think so. I think he's in the top two. I like Rashad White out of Arizona State. I think he's a better pass catcher. 5'11", 190. So he's under the 200 mark. How, How low is he, 188? Or is he 193? You know, let's see him at the combine there. My concern is I think his ceiling is James White. With There's nothing wrong – I mean, we've all loved James White and PPR scoring, right? I mean, he's just – but he's inconsistent, game script dependent. And then – but he might not even be that good, right? So you're looking, I would say, the ceiling of James White, but the floor could be, oh, who is that back at Tampa Bay who caught like 60 passes as a rookie and everyone loved him as a PPR, and then he never did anything again. Dar, Dar, Darre yes.
0: Ogundalek? Yes. Yeah.
2: one of Yeah, that's – yeah, like just – so I think there's a massive fl- – and I'm not in on either Georgia running back this year, and I could be wrong. And I'm a Georgia guy. In general, I've ranked Georgia backs, but I don't think either of these two backs are very good. The other one's Zamir White. Two, Can you go into more
3: of how bad that Florida pro- program was? Oh. <laughs> no, no, Cam. You have to do that.
2: I mean, look it. If you have a running back who's going to go in the third round. Um, yes, I, now I, I didn't get it right away. Yeah, yeah. look at There's something weird happened in Florida this year, man. Yeah, no,
3: yeah, good. Love it. Love, love, love down Florida. Love down Clemson. The sad part is Florida State's down too. So, <laughs>
1: <here>. <laughs> it was yeah two, your opportunity. Two backs. I know you're 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 higher on on I board, hear this, and and I and I I've heard I've heard your takes on. Could you tell people what you think of Kyron Williams and and uh,
2: Tyler Alger? A- absolutely. I'm madly. I like Kyron Williams. The film work is out. Dudes, he is so good at Notre Dame. My only concern, and this is going to – I have him at number four right now. He's 5'9", 195. Please come up at 198 at the combine. I'm just – cross 5'8", 198. Do not show up 5'7", 185. But (laughs) the ability to run between the tackles, but it's his pass-catching Theo. He's so good out of the backfield. He played wide receiver in high school. You could literally line him up, move him out to the X, and he could run some routes for you out there in a creative offense. You could do a lot of things with Kyren Williams. He's bigger and stronger than James White in my book. Now, James White is very underrated. He was a very, you know, it's tough because he's such a PPR running back, but he was also strong, if that makes any sense. I think Kyron Williams is a better full-down back. But what I love about him and what James White was pretty good at, too, picking up the blitz, Kyron Williams, man, Theo, he hurts people. Like, you see him pick up. So that's what tells me he's probably not as small. I'm not as worried. Or he's just got the biggest Keonies that I've ever seen for a guy who's tiny because I've seen him put his helmet into blitzers who are 240. I mean, he he is not afraid of anything. I mean, we've all seen the running backs do the Olay. Like they're like, hello, go ahead. You know, they they oh I read it wrong. And then the <laughs> you know, the quarterback gets hit. You I mean, if you have a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, not that he's going to Green Bay, but if you did, you would I think as a coach, you would feel all right on third down putting Kyren Williams in the game to pick up the blitz. I love him between the tackles. He's a three-down back. Do I think he can get 22 touches? Probably not. Probably like a Devin Singletary. You know, maybe with a better offense, it might take him – I actually think it's a decent analogy. Devin Singletary, the Bills finally kind of committed to him, right? And Devin Singletary really showed us the second half of this year – what he can do. Now, I do not think that Kyron Williams will have the challenge that Singletary had. I think he'll score better. Remember Singletary wasn't very good at the combine. Do you remember Singletary's numbers were very kind of, you're like, Oh man, he was so good at FAU. He was unbelievable. Then you saw his numbers, the combine. You're like, Oh, you know, that's not really athletic. But he's a great football player, and the Bills finally committed to him. I think Kyron Williams is more explosive. I expect him to be a better athlete, so I think he's like Devin Singletary, James White. Does that? Right. Make- yeah, no, that's great. Um, and how about Tyler uh, Algier? Look, at, there's a there's a role in the NFL for any player can hit someone in the mouth. Tyler Algier is a day one between the tackles grinder. And that's not, I know we use it as a derogatory term, but it's not always derogatory. There are roles in the NFL. Look at Jordan Howard. How good was Jordan Howard for a couple of years? You know, you got him in second or third round of a dynasty draft. He just grinded out that thousand yards and you know, what did he have? 10 or 11 touchdowns. As a second back, Jordan Howard was fine. Yes, he's not a PPR monster. Tyler Algier played linebacker. He's 5'11", 220. BYU is not in the SEC or something like that. I get it. But BYU is is a higher level program. I would say they're like Notre Dame. They're a power five team. They're just independent. Does that make sense? All the other independents, I group them as a group of five program. BYU is a power five team playing an independent schedule. When I see Tyler Algier, I just see power. I see, you know, relentlessness. Second level. He doesn't get caught from behind in the second level. Now, obviously, he's not playing Alabama secondary. I get it. That's not LSU athletes. It's safety. But if you can burst through the line, you can. Beat the linebackers to the secondary in the NFL. There's a role for you, and he's a sneaky pass catcher. He had 46 career receptions, 31 percent of scrimmage yards. Dominator. Remember, BYU lost Zach Wilson. They lost like four members of their offensive line, and Tyler Algier came back and he was a monster this year, my friend.
3: Do you, Do you know what I need to see out of out of Tyler? Yeah, a pronunciation guide. Do we do we have confirmed whether it's t- Tyler Algier or t- Tyler Al Geyer? Because well, I've I, never I, heard I,
4: Al Geyer
2: from the announcers. Okay, right.
3: good. I could I could I could really I could really use like confirmation there because I, so I, I I will say this, I'm say no Al expert
2: Geyer. on names. Anyone knows yeah. I'm really, really bad, but <laughs> sometimes a name sticks with me, and because I watched so much zach Wilson two years ago, I watched a lot of BYU. And Algier was on the field all the time, and then I watched him again this year a bunch. So, from what I got from the announcers and my terrible pronunciation guide, I believe it's Algier. I
3: did a, I did a, I did a search of his pronunciation, whatever. A couple of weeks, and there's some guy that like, anyways, he must have done like a search engine optimization because it'll show something that's like, how do you pronounce Algier? And it's just like. Champion, you pronounce it like and like the, and like the, the uh, whatever well, is a champion or like stud or something. Like hey, that. We, we
0: can use some of that optimization tips, so maybe you can reach out to
3: him.
2: <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs>
0: I have no idea what we're doing with that.
2: No he is just too. anyone watching, you know, anything about so this to help
1: family. us out. Yes, help okay. the goats out. Yeah. Help if, the goats. if we're on the topic of awesome names, then we yeah. might as well stick with awesome names. Wandell Robinson. <laughs> We've had multiple guests talking up Wandell. We had Ryan McDowell last week. Um, we had Davis Matic talking about a potential copycat for Debo Samuel. We have Joey Brown, a great player um, in the NFC, um, t- who is a huge Wandell guy. Um, he's a he's a Kentucky guy as well. <laughs> Shout out to Joey, um, by the
0: way. He's an awesome dude, Joey Brown.
1: Where are you on, on Wandell? Is he a guy who just needs manufactured touches, or is he a guy
2: that can fit on fit in on any team? Um, He doesn't need manufactured touches. He can succeed. He's better than Rondell Moore by far. So, like, it's not even close. Um, He's 5'11", 185. Damn. So, I am fascinated how I'm hoping he's 5'10", over 180. That's my knock on wood. Because size is a little of a concern. He looks rail thin when you watch him, but he is listed at that. And I also recommend... You have to watch tape of him at Nebraska and at Kentucky. What Nebraska did is malfeasance. How they could not make him a star. And I was a big Scott Frost fan coming from UCF. And then he recruited Robinson, who was Mr. Kentucky Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year in state of Kentucky, goes to Nebraska. Poo-poo. Poo-poo. Average at best. Then he transferred to Kentucky. I was like, "Wow, that's ballsy!" Like a lot of times, you get that type of athlete who goes down a level. Does that make wow. sense?
0: Like his guys, yard, per, his yard per per uh, yard per reception,
2: 11.5.
0: 12, 12. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at twelve point eight, but whatever, it's all crazy.
2: Oh, oh yeah. but look at it. What it was at Nebraska, it's bad. He got better, I believe. Oh, right yeah.
0: Now. Yeah. They
2: got better at Nebraska, at Kentucky. They used them properly.
0: Well, so, the most he put up was 461. He put up over 1,300. Yes. It was that's
2: unbelievable. That's insane, dude. Yeah, here's here's one of my favorite stats in this draft class. In the history of the SEC, and I'm SEC biased, only six players had 100 catches in a season. Wendell Robinson is the sixth one. We can all look at the names from the SEC. So when you're putting up a hundred receptions That's crazy. at Kentucky in the SEC, you're doing something right. When I watched the film, remember my biggest criticism, other than size, Rondell Moore was always too small, in my opinion. But someone had posted his A dot at Purdue. It, you know, those like infographs where they just like at Purdue, his A dot was two yards of reception. That's a joke. You see that game this year where he had like 11 targets and his A dot was like 0.7 yards. Like it's a comedy act. You can't succeed with an A dot of two yards of the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. There was nothing on Purdue film. I mean, once in a while he catch a pass, but who cares if he gets one out of 50 passes, 20 yards on the field. What I love about Robinson. He can attack the defense vertically from the slot position. And when you give me that, that's why I think when you ask Theo, does he have to have manufactured touches? No, because I do believe. Let's just say, let's let's exaggerate. He was the slot to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He could be your third progression on every route. And you know what? He's going to be open at the end of the progression tree because he can get open deep. And with this speed, safeties have to respect him challenging the center. Mike, and he's tougher than you think. If you watch him, this is the SEC. He takes some pops, my friends. If you are getting 100 catches in the SEC, you are going to get hit. Like, this is not for the meek. Like, Wondell Robinson got hit, and he bounced up. And there's a lot of, night. there's some touchdowns, where he's running like 25 yards down the field and the run then breaks off a nice post with a double move. He's a good player. I haven't been number eight in my rankings. Um, I think he's a second round pick in my book. Like he's a clear second round pick. You know what's ironic? If the darn Cardinals hadn't spent that pick on Rondell Moore, yeah. they could get Wendell Robinson this year.
5: Yeah, then they could
2: love you some, too.
3: <laughs> this is another pronunciation guy. I think it's 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 Wandale. I think. Oh, I don't
4: know what that means. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, yeah, okay, I, that I,
2: I've never heard Juan Dale. <laughs>
1: Vandala.
3: Vandala. <laughs> one, one, one no, Mr. Worldwide Pitbull Dale? No.
2: Uh, oh, he, here's he, another good stat. He had a forty five percent team aerial dominator ridiculous. this year at Kentucky. That is, in the SEC, I cannot find a player with a 45% team dominator from the SEC who's a total bust in the NFL, but I could be wrong. But Elijah, Elijah Moore-esque. Elijah Moore yes, is last year at Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, I, I, I thought a lot about it. It's a very good analogy. I, uh, um, Elijah Moore was a little bigger. I thought a little – he's a better prospect – but they're in the same bucket. You very- you just
0: put Elijah Moore and Debo Samuel in the same guy. I'm I, guys. I'll be back.
2: Now I'm gonna
1: have a Honda Civic worth
0: of. Uh, Theo and more. I be battling yeah. for. Theo and I and Andrew will be in the, the same drafts grabbing grabbing him like way too early. I say Andrew because Andrew likes any receiver.
2: Wait, number three, Wendell Robinson. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's it. Well, let me <laughs> be a pessimist. Let me throw a wet blanket. What if he's yeah. Lynn Bowden Jr.? So that, that, oh. that there we go. I just calmed calm everybody. Calm oh. everybody. down. No, Andrew, just so I can draft him later. Andrew, stop. So, well, I have to be the eternal pessimist.
0: <laughs> so do you, so, John. Would you say that landing spot is is pretty crucial with uh, Robinson, or or you think he'll fit in decently?
2: I, so I would hate him to go to the Giants because they got Kadarius Tony, who's similar. He's better than Kadarius Toney. I would hate him to go to Miami because I think Miami needs a Drake London to match with um, Jalen Waddell. You need like. I'm a big believer. You organize a wide receiver core with different skills and different styles of play. I like. I'm a huge believer in that. I don't want three Kadarius Tonys. I'm going nowhere's with wow. that team, right? So I would love to see Robinson somewheres with the alpha male, who he can be the slot and always have the beneficial coverage. Can can right. we
1: stick with wide receiver JD? I, I have uh, yeah, whatever you
2: want. Matt Hicks
1: gave us his must draft wide receiver is Chris Alave. Where are you on Chris Alave? Are you equally oh, bullish? Because so, he got us really yeah, excited for him.
5: And, and I want to expand that question just a little bit if I can.
4: Sure. All right.
5: So we have it, it, a lot of people are, you know, saying that Olave, bell Pickens are kind of down in the back half of the first round right which is the place where everybody says they don't want to be you know it's like oh yeah no you don't want to be there you just want to trade out but then you go on Twitter and everybody's got nice things to say about all three of these guys so um, a which is it and B you know do you, or do you have a favorite uh, you know if you're if you're if you're sitting at the 108 and Olave uh, Bell and Pickens are sitting there who, who are you taking?
2: So great. I just, I'm doing a mock draft for footballdiehards.com. I'm not going to give the whole draft because, you know, I get a little bit of money to publish it. So we'll wait until it's all published. But I'll tell you this top of the second round was gold. It literally went Olave, Bell, Jahan Dotson. I love all three of those guys. They're falling in the T. Higgins range. In the second round last year, Elijah Moore was there. Now he moved up by – it depends when you drafted. By the end, Elijah Moore was getting a lot more pressed than he was early. And you guys know I loved Elijah Moore last year. I was absolutely Definitely. in love with him. Now, so that's – I think there's value in the second round at wide receiver. That's why I'm almost not taking a running back in round one unless I have the top two because I can get – our. Or I want a running. So let me repeat that I screwed up for a second. I want a running back because in the second round there are so many good wide receivers. Now, let me ask Theo, then I'll go back to Dan. Theo, Matt and I differ on Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Big time. We did this last summer. Matt has always been Team Olave. I've always been Team Wilson. One year ago, I was the weirdo. Garrett Wilson, no mostly everyone had Olave over Wilson. I'm like, nah, Wilson's better. And I was the weirdo. Now, Wilson's is a universally higher ranked everywhere than Olave. Do I think Olave will be good? Yeah, but I have a second round grade. I I would not take Olave as an NFL team in the first round, my friend. I have Olave at number six. I like Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Oh, a lot more than Olave. I like Johan Dotson. Now, we have to see how he's listed at 184. Please be 184. Like, please, please just start taking your protein drinks. Start, (laughs) please, like, bulking up. Like, I mean, if he comes in at 184, 511, we're talking could be special. Olave 6, David Bell 7, Wendell Robinson number 8. That's how I have them right now basically i'm taking the value i will say this you know it's weird i do like look at the nfl likes olave people like him more than i do i'm not as high on him i bet you i have less than olave than any dynasty owner unless i get just such a great value on him what about Pickens? i have a number 10 you really, I like him, but I I gotta hear the injuries, and I'm going to tell. This is my final. With Pickens, does he get second or first round draft capital? What is the What is the NFL going to tell us about the injury? I mean, that's the only way until I know for a hundred percent if Pickens gets second round draft capital, then I'm all in. Does that make sense? Yep. He hasn't been productive in two years. Now it's injury related. I get it. And the film, you watch his film freshman year. Ah, ah, it's a thing of beauty. And I'll tell you this, Pickens, if you haven't seen him, he's mean. Like, like he plays with the chip on his shoulder. He should have gotten thrown out of some games, I think. Like he is an angry player, which I like. I like football. I like angry players. But he's a he could be special, but I'm not sure about the injury. Plus, George is hard, right? People they always push these Georgia wide receivers up the boards, and then what happens when they get to the NFL? Nothing.
1: You're right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Crazy.
3: So, and John and Dan, people forget that uh, Pickens rhymes with Higgins. So ah. it's, it's hard. It's hard not. It's hard not to make the linkage there.
2: <laughs> I will say this: I had Higgins a higher grade than Pickens
5: pre-draft. Okay, and, and Andrew, don't don't go into poetry, okay? <laughs> ah. <laughs> not not all poetry has to rhyme.
3: Spoke, spoken word, Dan. You should you should know that.
0: Come on, guys. We got we got to give, give a quick word to uh, our friends over at the FFPC. Uh, all the goodness is happening right now, whether you want to do best ball, you want to play for 25 Genos, 125 buy-in, $133,000 in prize money. That's the never too early best ball. They've got best ball slims starting at five bucks, going all the way to like a gajillion dollars. You can play best balls at all levels, live, slow drafts, medium, slow, two hours, six hour, whatever, man, whatever you like, any, any kind of variety, <laughs> adopt a dynasty orphan today. On the site, you go there. You go to Dynasty Depot. You got a couple options. And uh, Dan, anything I'm missing FFPC wise right now?
5: Oh man, they got they got everything going on right now. You can register for uh, you can register for auction drafts. You can uh, register for their varsity drafts. I mean, the, the the whole thing is wide open. You can get in on the main events already. Uh, I mean, they're not drafting yet, but you can certainly register for them. So, uh, you know, get in there and get your spots for sure.
0: For sure. And, and guys, like we said, we'll be, we'll be doing a bunch of live drafts on this channel all off season. I know with, uh, Andrew and I have, have scheduled uh, some FFPC action starting next week on the 23rd Theo, What do you got, man? What do you got brother?
1: So last year we had Kyle Pitts mania and we also had Pat Fryer, we got really excited about the tight end position. Um, I'm starting to get a little excited about Trey McBride. I know Dan and Andrew and I, we've talked a little about McBride. How excited should we be about Trey McBride?
2: I think you should be very excited. There is a lot to like about Trey McBride. He popped in my tight end model. Now, I do put it into context. He's a group of five player coming out of the Mountain West. So Trey McBride was not necessarily playing against the top-level linebackers and defensive backs, but his numbers, Theo, are ridiculous in my model. 12 and a half yards per catch, and name a quarterback at Colorado State, I dare you. If, if I could go through the the, the journey of Colorado State quarterbacks since he's been here, but he had a 67% catch rate despite, you know, he didn't have Tua and Joe Burrow throwing him the ball. So get make sure like sixty seven percent of Colorado State with their quarterback play is incredibly impressive, but this is the best number in this tight end class. Thirty seven percent team aerial dominator. I mean, incredible. He just unbelievable, dude. For a tight end, he was trapped. I played college fantasy football. He turned out to me to be the best value. When you take position scarcity in college fantasy football, I, I know you, pro- you probably don't play. I love college fantasy football. Trey McBride was Travis Kelsey, and you were getting him in round 10, 12. I mean, the numbers are silly.
0: So so where do you put him right now? If you're looking at your dynasty overall tight ends, where where do you put McBride?
2: Oh, you mean overall? Yeah,
0: like where where does he fit? Where does he fit in the dynasty puzzle right now?
2: Um, I would feel comfortable Man, I have him as a second round grade, top tight end on my board. If if I put him amongst all the tight ends probably in the top 12 right now.
0: Like and let me let me ask you this 12. uh Hunter Hunter Henry or or McBride.
2: That's ooh. I'd probably go McBride cuz I know Hunter Henry's ceiling. It's a limited ceiling I think with Henry. Mm-hmm. So, if for tight end
1: premium drafters where is Trey McBride falling in in, in like are you considering taking him at like the one oh seven after your first tier in a tight end?
0: Uh, what's, yeah, what's the earliest you're gonna take him in t- Okay, so there's
2: no way I'm taking him in the top six. Okay. I would okay. I would love him between pick eleven and seventeen. That would be my ideal value. Now depend on roster construction, super flex, quarterback. Maybe you could reach around nine, but I think that's a reach because there is an outcome where he's not that successful because you have to look at the floor. You mentioned your bucket bucket with the wide receivers
1: where you could compare him to a couple guys. Is there a few previous uh, prospects? Like, would you have Trey McBride as a prospect ahead
2: of Pat Fryermuth as a prospect? No, I like Fryermuth better. But I was okay. a Friar Muth guy coming out of Penn State. But I was also Mike Giusecki guy, which so that's another story. But I do like the 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 physical nature, the Penn State, the blocking ability. And and Theo, you have to consider Penn State's playing Big Ten. I felt more comfortable with Friar Muth going up a level of competition. McBride, you have to factor in the Mountain West competition. Even though he was good at the Senior Bowl, I was very happy. But I, I have to think that it's better to play Big Ten football against Ohio State and Michigan than the Mountain West against San Jose and San Diego State. Well,
1: Travis Kelsey, uh, it certainly worked out for him playing at his level of – Oh, hey, look.
2: Here, yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. – but, I, I, I mean, look, I love Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, he's been unbelievable. So, yes. But he might be the great one, of the greatest tight ends ever. I mean, it's – it's if not – 100%. It's yeah. hard with him or Gronk. Gronk is goddamn too good, too. It's so hard <laughs> with those two. Who's your tight end, too, John? Uh, I like Jalen Weidenmeyer. Yeah. And do not be surprised if the NFL takes Weidenmeyer over McBride. Do not be surprised. 6'5", 255. I think Weidemeyer, when you put him on the combine, I think he's going to score off the charts, dude. I think he's going to score like Mike Jacecki off the charts. He is an extraordinary athlete. He played in a terrible offense with no quarterback. <laughs> Texas A&M, how can you waste this kid? I mean, he's nasty. He's physical. He's fast. He's big. He's a good route runner. He's got everything, 12.4 yards of catch. They only threw 118 balls to this. Come on, man, stop it. He should have had uh, 175 catches. 66% catch rate. Name some quarterbacks at Texas A&M. 22% aerial dominator share. That's really solid for a tight end. And there's an SEC bias. If your life is on the line and your daughter is going to go to a private college, and you're going to bank on an SEC West kid, or you're going to bank on a kid from Colorado State, I think most general managers are going to take the kid from the SEC. So don't be surprised if Weidemeyer goes first off the board.
3: To to support your Widemeyer point, and to steal somebody else's joke, I was listening to actually the same week that they beat Alabama. I was listening to a podcast. And uh, they were saying Zach Calzada, who was the <laughs> Texas a and quarterback, you know, could, could uh, you know couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Like the guy was the most inaccurate quarterback they had ever seen. And of course, he had the game of his life against Bama. Uh, but you know, again, just to further your point in terms of like who who uh, Texas A&M had under center there. What, yeah, what I mean, run.
2: basically Jimbo Fisher ran an <laughs> offense this year that was dated nineteen seventy eight. Oh, don't don't I know John. That offense was don't so bad for the Aggies. Yeah. I mean don't, don't, it, was, don't I know. it was it was really bad. I mean, Jimbo didn't have Jameis you know, uh Jamis Winston, who knows? But man, his offense was oof, I'm just gonna be it was bad. So I think it's gonna be really close. Now I like McBride better. My model likes him. I love the film tapework. But I'm just – he's my number two wide
1: admirer. John,
0: I've done the absolute worst job in uh, teasing the five must-draft rookies what? on your list. Absolutely <laughs> like, absolute worst possible, uh, stringing people along. But people have stuck around for for the 60, 70-plus minutes. We're holding it till the end. That's it. Who who, who are the five must-drafts? And I, I know – you know, in the show sheet, we kind of put best ball and or dynasty because obviously us are, you know, the people watching. We're playing all kinds of formats. Right. So maybe you can touch a bit on both formats. Like, who do you think will pop early this year? Uh, top five wise and and include, of course, you know, rookie draft wise. Who are the top guys you're going after? Or who are the must drafts in your opinion?
2: Sure. I'll go top five. And we still can talk quarterbacks as we haven't really hit on that yet. But Reese Hall Spiller. And then it's Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, and Jameis Williams. Those are the top five. So I think they should go. Now, some people might not like Williams as much as London. Let's see what the draft capital and the medical say. But those are my top five right now. I don't have a quarterback in there. And I don't remember the last time in a super flex I didn't have a quarterback in the top five. But, yeah, they're not. I would not rank a quarterback there right now.
0: Is is there someone you haven't mentioned that if you're doing like a best ball or like a redraft type of thing and you're you're maybe in the double digit rounds that that you're looking to add on, on a roster with some upside?
2: Oh, it's gotta be Rashad White of Arizona State. I alluded ah, to him.
0: good answer, John. Good answer.
2: Look at man, fifty-one career receptions in two years. Juco transfer came in at the senior bowl six oh two ten. He's got the body type. He is deadly in the open field. I do think he's a little scheme dependent. You need to get him out on the um, wings a lot, and you need him one-on-one with linebackers. But I like him a ton. 6.3 yards a carry and 30% scrimmage yards dominator for the Sun Devils. Those are pretty impressive numbers for a running back with that type of size. Now, I'm going to give you a wide receiver. And everyone, I'm not going to give you the obvious ones. I think we all know Sky Moore and Christian Watson now. Guys, wake up to Dontario Drummond, Mississippi. Everyone's sleeping on him. Six oh two seventeen. Juco transfer. Two years, 114 catches at Mississippi. Look at this number. This is the one that shocked me. 76% catch rate. 76% catch rate. 29% team aerial dominator. He's an SEC kid. I'm not going to be surprised if he goes in the third round of the NFL. The NFL is going to like Dontario Drummond more than models and more than people watch the tape. He's a very very good player. His his age is
0: going to scare people. No, John like in the in the fantasy land, you know how how like the discrimination against ages 24 and a half going into Is he
2: that old? I didn't yeah,
0: that's that's what I'm seeing in front of me here.
2: I now I did not know he was that old. I could so I have him at number 15 on my rankings.
0: John, I'm just here to teach you about these college players. That's, that's-
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do know he's a JUCO transfer. So that, I, I mean, obviously he spent time at the JUCO. And he's been with Mississippi the last two years. But I bet you in NFL, like, I feel like he's a stealer. Like they would like him and get him in round like three. I
0: feel like there's a guy named uh, what's that guy's name again? Cooper, Cooper, something with uh-huh. up or up or something. I forget his name man. I don't know. I feel like that's he came in older. No, am I getting that wrong? Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, Cooper Cup was a four year player at Eastern Michigan. Cup, <laughs> Cup yeah. was probably
1: <laughs> Wheeler. I love it.
2: <laughs> and La- La- I Lacher- think Ed- Cup was 22 or 23 when he was drafted. That's Lacher- my Estridge. guess. Eskridge was like 25 and drafted Wednesday too. So yep. I mean, I think the Ontario Drummond right now in Dynasty Drafts is free. He might not even get, I mean, but I have him at number 15 on my rankings. And I, I kind of came across him watching Matt Corral. Because I, know, I- we can talk about Matt Corral in a second. But they had a lot of injuries this year, and Drummond ended up being the guy, like really out of nowhere. And I'm telling you, man, I I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't like the SEC West so much. But you know what? They put players in the NFL, man, on a regular basis. And this young man has played LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M. I mean, he's playing top-level competition week after week after week. Just a sneaky guy that I don't hear anyone talking about. How would you rank those quarterbacks, John? Sure, Maybe I really like to get all. into this because looking at ADP right now, I actually think there's value at the quarterback and super flex. They're dropping so far. Like last year, what did we have? Three of the top four players were quarterbacks in super flex, right? We now are getting pockets of value at the quarterback position. I have Sam Howell number one on my board. I'm not going, I, I'll be on an island all by myself. I'm okay with it. No one's going to deter me off of it. 6-0, much more athletic than anyone gives him credit for, over 800 yards rushing. This is crazy. His rushing equity share, 30%. 30%. He's in the Kyler Murray range. Like, the only people with better than 30 are Lamar Jackson, Malik Willis, you know, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. rushing share for a quarterback is freaking outrageous. And people don't tell you how athletic Sam Howell is. He's incredibly athletic. Here's what I love about him. In my benchmarks, I have six categories. Sam Howell has surpassed five of my six benchmarks. No one who surpassed five out of six fails in the NFL. Five out of six is outrageous. Everything. Everything. Passing efficiency, yards per attempt. You know what I love about him even more? He has the highest yards per attempt in this class, 9.2. He's tied with a kid named Caleb Ellerby. You may or may not know him. He's out of Western Michigan. He's a borderline prospect. He might. I like him. I have him at number eight on my rankings, but he might be a sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick. He could even be undrafted, but I like Ellerby. He's better than Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong. Sam Howell throws the ball deep. <laughs> Watch the film. My favorite stat, touchdown interception ratio. 92 career touchdowns, only 23 interceptions. 23 interceptions.
0: So Sam Howell is Josh Allen? Is that what you're saying?
2: Look, he's not, he's not as
0: athletic and big. No, nope. Andrew's saying no.
2: No. But he's good. He's good. He, I think oh, you don't know, like
0: comparisons. What's your your like if you're throwing a name yeah. out there? Just to let an, an idiot like me just, you know, something to compare him How to.
2: I,
5: I have I have
3: Bruce. a mean one after John goes. I'll have a mean one for you, JD. I'm gonna let John go first though.
2: JD, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. That's what he is. All right. H- homeless nice. man Baker Mayfield.
5: <laughs>
1: oh,
0: oh, are you looking at his looks? Because if I look at Player Profiler, he he literally looks like a like you know like wow. somehow related to Baker Mayfield. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I also like Sam Howell. Immediately started as a freshman, a true freshman. He walked onto that North Carolina State campus. I think he was 18. He's played 37 games in three years at the age of 18, 19, and 20. He might be 19, 20, 21, but he's young. He's way younger than Kenny Pickett. (laughs) Way younger than Kenny Pickett.
0: And he put over 3,000 in each of those seasons. What? He put over 3,000 yards in each of those seasons passing.
2: Yeah, he's unbelievable. J.D., man, I love the value right now. If he goes to Tampa Bay, he beats out Kyle Trask from day one. Like, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. And if he goes to Pittsburgh, well, oh, they have their quarterback. I mean, you have Friar Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Sam Howell. Oh, that's that is that'd be a nice little landing spot. Now, number two, I have Kenny Pickett, but the floor is much greater with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, man, he, he's going to be 24 when the year kicks off. Also, you got to study all three years of this film. He was not on any Debbie list last summer. He was at Zach Wilson, Joe Burrow ascendancy. Like no one had Joe Burrow in the summer of 2019 was going to win the Heisman. No one. And I even in college fantasy football, he was like the 48th quarterback in ADP. So anyone who tells you they were on Joe Burrow, they're just not. They're just lying. It's not true. Now, I was on him after he put up the great season in college football history, but that's a different story. Zach Wilson, you know, basically, look, at he was the second pick. And you can – if you like him or not, that's a different story. The reality is he was the second pick in the NFL draft. Kenny Pickett, he only hits two of my six benchmarks because he got to watch film for three years. He was not good in 2019 and 2020. J.D., you got the numbers? Did he even throw over 15 touchdowns in either of those two seasons?
0: No, 13 in both of them.
2: Yeah, he was bad.
0: And then he, and then he dropped
2: 42 bombs, son. And you know what, though? The fourth best Debbie receiver in the nation is Jordan Addison, and guess where he plays? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And every time I see Kenny Pickett throwing 40-yard touchdown pass, guess who's catching it? Jordan Addison. So I wonder – I'm a little bit worried if three years from now we go, oh, was Jordan Addison make Kenny Pickett? Or did Kenny Pickett make Jordan Addison? I think Jordan Addison is the alpha male in Pittsburgh. Every, ah, look at
5: – Interesting.
3: Andrew agrees. The wide receiver coach at Pitt is a super coveted wide receiver coach, like young yes. up summer guy. Jordan Addison's sick, and then uh, it's Brennan Marion, and he's at Texas now. I I had to look that up, but Brennan Brennan Marion's like, you know, uh, up and comer, super riser in terms of the the college coaching
0: ranks. So is yeah. Pickett, is, is Pickett like a possible? Um...
4: It's a drop. <laughs> I
3: have a I have a cross race comparison for Kenny Pickett. If you really want
4: that, <laughs> I, love
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Drop it. Uh, Andrew's <laughs> just. T- Teddy, it. two gloves. Oh,
3: it's, it's, only, it's only based on the fact that Kenny Pickett wears two, two gloves, too. But t- <laughs> t- Teddy loves his two gloves, and so does Kenny Pickett. And nobody loves cross-race comparisons more than me.
2: <laughs> you know, Teddy Bridgewater is in the outcomes for Kenny Pickett. He's definitely in the range of outcomes. Um, then I have Matt Corral. I like Matt, or sorry, no, Malik Willis because Theo mentioned it. The upside with the legs. But everyone dinged Zach Wilson for his schedule last year. Well, let's be fair. If you think Zach Wilson's schedule is bad, look at look at the Liberty schedule. Make Zach Wilson's schedule looks like an all stars, except for the one game against M- Mississippi, and Malik Wills got destroyed. That game where he just got mauled against Mississippi. Liberty's schedule is basically JV football. So if you're going, let's be fair. If you hated Zach Wilson for the BYU schedule, which is fair, but I had a lot of people who hated Zach Wilson for that schedule. Then why do you like? Malik Willis and ignore his schedule to joke. Look at look at Liberty play the last two years. Some of the teams you don't even know. If anyone looks up Liberty's schedule, I bet you the last two years there's three teams you've never heard of on that schedule. It's bad. Bro. And and you think he he'd have trouble starting year 1. It's he a, needs a, a
1: redshirt season. He needs a redshirt. Yeah.
2: Oh. I said that about Trey Lance and essentially Trey Lance, what, he played two games, right? One game, he he just ran. (laughs) He barely threw the ball. At least in the second game, he showed some pop in the second half. Um, But, yes, Malik Willis will be better served sitting on the bench like Patrick Mahomes and Trey Lance. The advantage of Kenny Pickett, I do think he can absorb an NFL playbook from day one. Now, how good he's going to be, that's a different question. But I think he can play from day one. Matt Corral's number four. Matt Corral also has five of my six benchmarks. Matt Corral's a very interesting prospect. He has some weaknesses, but he's, he's pretty good, much better than people give him credit for. And he also has 1,300 yards rushing uh, Matt Corral in his career in the SEC. My problem with Corral is he, he runs so hard, he gets himself hurt. I think that's a problem. We need him to slide. Young man, slide. Please slide. Once you embrace the slide, we'll all be happier with you. And then it's Desmond Ritter and Carson Strong. But I'm not a big Carson Strong guy. I don't overrate arm strength. I'm an old man. I've seen people throw the ball through, you know, pane glass windows from 40 yards away. Who cares? It, it's a factor. As long as you have NFL arm strength, I don't really care if you're the top of the charts. I heard people didn't like Deshaun Watson because his velocity wasn't fast at the combine. Well, please, how good is Deshaun Watson? Well, forget about whatever's happened. You know what I mean? Deshaun Watson's been a great NFL quarterback. So I think Carson Strong's arm strength is way overrated.
0: I got one for you, John. You, yeah. you, you're talking about how you're at a point now where you're comfortable with this class. Who's, who's someone who's kind of climbed up your own personal rankings, you know, that maybe you weren't such a big fan in the beginning and, and now he's, he's someone that you look for in these drafts?
2: One, I'll say this Tyler Batty, the running back out of Missouri, he leads this draft class in two of my categories, which I was shocked. Scrimmage yards. He has the most scrimmage yards this year with 1,942. He has more than Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. I was shocked by that number. And, oh, three categories. Scrimmage yards, dominator. Tyler Batty was 36% of the scrimmage yards. And he had 126 receptions in his career at Missouri. Now he's 5'7", 199.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: That's why I have him at twelve, but Tyler Batty rose up more than anyone else. I can't simply ignore the player who leads in three of my five career statistics in this draft class. But five seven one ninety nine is a challenge. John gave
1: us Khalil Herbert last last year on the Goat mm-hmm. District. Yeah, I love for Khalil this Herbert, exact yeah. exact show. And Khalil won people some money, so I, I'm uh, I'm definitely listening to that kind of that kind of. Oh,
2: how good was Khalil Herbert in DFS for that like three week window, man?
1: He was a he was a week winner for you know for yeah, people all was. waivers. Uh, you know he won you week, so
2: he was absolutely worth <laughs> it. And those are the dynasty players you love, right? You got him late, you didn't even know if you'd start them. but then he ends up for four weeks helping your team. Like I love that type of player, you know? Yep, love it,
5: and that's. That's what you get at running back for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I do. So one of the hard parts, I need athletic skills. Pierre Strong, South Dakota State. We just don't know his athletic ability. 5'11", 205. But that's not even a group of five. That's an FCS program. And it's not even North Dakota State, which we know now has a very good FCS program. Now, um, oh, who's the Jacksonville? Well, Why can't remember the – Jet Brian Robinson. You know, I, I have to open my eyes to the FCS. We've seen too many FCS-level running backs. But I need to see Pierre Strong's athletic ability. How athletic is he? Because I think that will make a difference at the NFL level.
0: Any other uh, cues, guys, with the rookies for John tonight? He's given us a, a cool 90 minutes just load. I hope everybody had their pen and papers out because I know um, I, I got a couple notes from this one, a couple of writer downers.
5: I was taking notes all over the place. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is, I, 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 listen, I listen to John whenever I can. And uh, anytime you're on a pod, John, I, I try to listen to you. Um, no, thank you. And Great and uh time. I'm this, I'm definitely gonna listen to this one again tomorrow because this is just awesome. Um but I have like ten more names, but JD, we can, we'll be here for two more hours. I have so pick, many other names. Pick your
0: pick, pick, pick your pick your top one. And it's funny because you talk about re-listening and Matt Hicks is the last the last one that I made sure I, I listened back to because a lot of goodness. So Theo, just pick one of those names. Okay. Just so, last one. So, Close it So off.
1: one 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 player you, you didn't mention, a wide receiver Tolbert from South Alabama. Oh. So I like
2: I like Tober. He's my number 14. And so I like I think he's very landing spot dependent. 61195, right? 48% team aerial dominator. 17.6 yards per catch. But it was South Alabama. Nice 178 career receptions. I love the film. Very sleek, very natural. But he beats a lot of guys in the Sun Belt, defensive backs, with just his size, his arm length, and determination. That's not going to happen as much as the NFL. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to get away with that as much. Now, he could grow into it with some good coaching. And is he reflective enough where he wants to learn to be better? Right? That's one of those things that I don't have access because I'm not Talking to him, so I have him at fourteen. Don'tario Drummond at fifteen. I would now. I have a, a second round grade on Tolbert. Third round grade on Drummond. They're the tear break of second round. But I like, him, but
0: yeah, Tolbert's college dominator is no joke. Oh, it's
2: a, it, he's the best in the class. But it's South Alabama. Yeah, and, I mean that. And look, he. I I've watched him for two years because he was on a lot of Debbie roster lists, Jalen Tolbert. I do want to see draft capital, Theo. Please go on day two. You know I mean? Just don't go on day three. That'll be the final.
5: Then he's Jalen
2: Darden. Oh, yeah, Jalen Darden. Just like the film, but just too small. He's a punt returner. He's a specialist, you know.
0: John you're a beast brother Your um your enthusiasm and and passion is is definitely contagious and that's one of the reasons i know i love getting you on i get excited i told you you asked me how i was tonight coming on and and just having you on just got me excited man i'm sure uh i'm sure the audience feels the same i know my boys dio andrew and dan feel the same remind the people all the goodness guys this time of year john is a no-brainer if you're not following john guaranteed you're number 12 in your league. I guarantee <laughs> you are number 12 in your league coming out of the rookie draft. There's no doubt. Make sure you follow the men. Remind them where to find all the goodness, John.
2: First, thank you, gentlemen. I had a total blast, and I love talking um draft prospects. I love this time of the year. Thank you for having me on. And, yes, please follow me. My um Twitter handle's right there, GridironSkull91. I couldn't afford the A and the R when I signed up. What is it, seven, eight years ago now? No, I guess nine years ago. So follow me on Twitter. And all my written stuff is on footballdiehards.com. And our video profile series is on NFL Draft Bible or the Rookie Big Board channel on YouTube.
0: Yeah, guys, check it out. It's it's awesome. You want to get to know these rookies. There's nothing uh, like John's goodness.
5: Yeah, definitely worth checking that out.
0: Dan, I don't know if you heard... The uh, hundred hundred thousand downloads, dropping the goodness. The 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 hits keep coming. Tomorrow, uh, Theo's got another banger lined up. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, Dan. It's just uh,
5: we're rolling, brother. We're rolling. Yeah, it it, it it is incredible. I mean especially since you're dragging my dead weight along. So, I mean, you could be at 200000 without me. <laughs>
0: Dan, your flow just keeps us cruising. Don't worry about it, brother.
1: <laughs>
0: and now, now you're retired, so we're cruising even more. we got our feet right. up, you know. It's it's a lot more relaxed. It's good,
1: man. a full-time best ball shark now. That's his yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: I, I, I love it. I, I promise you uh, 11 days of uh, – Crystal blue waters and gorgeous sunsets. Ah, next- you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. That's a yeah. sweet Coming up soon.
2: Well, enjoy. I'm totally jealous. Of- it's cold in the Northeast. Oh, oh it's God. cold here in
5: Minnesota oh, too. It's it's been-
2: cold. Oh, okay, I didn't know you are in Minnesota. It's yeah. cold up in Minnesota. I,
0: I just realized, I got to apologize. I just realized I never turned my heater off. I usually turn it off because it's buzzing in the background. So I apologize for all of you hearing that, that buzz in the background. That's what it is. Andrew, we love having you on, brother. You gotta, you gotta get on here more often, man. You, you know, you drop a, a pretty, pretty sweet question here and there. You know, you're rocking oh your God. gear,
3: my, my, my bullshit and so forth. <laughs> no, a uh, couple, couple things. I'll be quick though. One for those of you who love college football betting. A uh, really fun quarterback coming out. Probably won't do much, but Bailey Zappy is an absolute delight to yes. bet on. Uh, Western Kentucky guy and overs. Yeah, you got to live the zappy life. Um, no, a uh, c- couple things. One, there's a Kentucky fantasy football draft on Sunday, eight o'clock. Uh, league is yet to fill, but they're doing uh, redraft leagues here around the Super Bowl. Uh, so tweeted that out. More than welcome to, to join me there. And then, uh, J.D., as you mentioned, we got a ballin' episode next Wednesday, 930 in the never too early Best ball tournament. The one thing, JD, we got it's a it's a little bit of a dick measuring contest. Got to say, oh, sorry for the kids, penis measuring contest. I'll go back to PG thirteen. Like that was better,
4: (laughs) JD. That's, that's potentially against the, uh, the <laughs>
0: see we we have a five and a half year old in my house. It's called the front bum and the back bum, Andrew.
3: Oh my goodness! All right, hey, that was joke number two. That was joke number two. Hey, listen, J- JD, that's against the ship chasing guys. If they go live that night in the draft, it's our stream versus theirs. But luckily, we got a stronger stream, baby. We've been yes. holding it in longer, and we're ready
1: to go. Yeah. It, well, might be, it might it might be pointless for you and JD to draft though, because Dan and I might have just won it the, the draft yes. we're putting together right yeah. now that we're oh, starting to do. We're putting together, it's a gem. What we put together is just uh, a gem.
0: Theo Theo, after they're drafted, they all they all they just seem so beautiful. They're just they're just perfect. You know, you look at them and there's no faults. The curves are perfect, the lines are perfect. The, you know, the eyebrows are stuck in the right place, but then after a few days, you know, they, they just look like all the other ones, man. You know, you still Good have a
1: luck, one, luck, have
0: to one in 12, man. A one in 12 chance with that bad boy.
1: hundred <laughs> percent. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, this was a blast. Like I said, guys, check out John anywhere you can right now and check out my boys. Like, uh, you know, I mentioned often, I'm, I'm lucky to have, uh, to have these three ballers on tonight. And and on every other show, and just on the regular. So, guys, take advantage. You've got the overhyped sleeper like John. He's missing a letter. He you know he ran out of of uh, dapper for for the NFT people out there. Uh, so he he dropped the e to, to add the r on the end. Uh, the OG fantasy at the OG fantasy just can't even express in the words the the goodness this man's bringing to the district, and and it keeps rolling tomorrow with Dan Brown. So make sure you guys tune in, Shelly uh andrew always a blast dude the humor the goodness the seminal uh gear all of it is is awesome and i can't wait to draft with you next week especially especially against the ship chasing guys because you know yeah it's, it's fine we gotta flex a bit uh,
3: they, uh, hey if they don't draft against us then they're obviously actively avoiding us because we're the only ones in the league so far so so yep. come and fill the league and we'll see what happens
0: either that or we get a little, a little side action going with them you know oh, i'm sure you threw out something.
3: the bait didn't you andrew yeah, well, we, we wanted end? to get through these shows, but we'll don't worry. We're we're gonna promote it. We're gonna see. We're gonna see okay. who uh who are able to debate into the league.
5: Yeah, be good, definitely.
0: So, guys, tune in to the channel. Make sure you stick with us this whole season. We're we're gonna keep loading more and more goodness as we go. We started a little little you know a little light with some Matt Kelly and some you know Ryan McDowell we're just gonna amp it up guys we bring in the john lob you know we're just we're slowly amping it up this off season make sure you stick with us like I said if you're not tuning in you're number 12 right now in your league i guarantee it we got 100k downloads we're pumped we appreciate all your support guys make sure you tune in be safe be happy and we'll check you all
4: tomorrow Thank you.